This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, we're sitting on the roof of Parliament again after a busy day which started politically really with Prime Minister's questions where Boris Johnson, in answer to the first question he was asked, decided to announce that all Covid restrictions could end early uh, in England. Uh, including the legal rule to self-isolate. Katie, was this a surprise? I think that was clear this was the direction of travel. We know that you know, in various leaked documents suggested by the spring, the government wanted most things to be gone, all domestic restrictions gone. I think it's been sped up to a degree, which has led some to say, oh, maybe it's Omicron, which has meant that you know a milder version of this virus means you can do this. Or maybe it's Boris Johnson in quite a vulnerable position and then for something which is going to, you know, G up his MPs and, you know, have some good news to point to. This is obviously a very Tory friendly announcement since Boris Johnson has said it. You've got lots of Labour politicians coming out and saying, well, what's the science behind this? You know, is this led by science or is it led by politics? But interestingly, while I think... Tory MPs are welcoming this. I don't get the sense that from speaking to a couple so far, they're particularly thinking, you know, this is thanks to our great leader. A lot of them did feel this was priced in and was going to happen inevitably, whoever was in charge. So James, what's the political science behind this decision? Steve Baker from the COVID Recovery Group is very happy. So is is that what the PM's after? I think it is clearly something that is designed to appeal to Tory MPs. He kept emphasising that, you know, this is another example of the of the UK being the furthest along in terms of learning to live with COVID, you know, of any European country. It is worth noting that the guidance will still be to kind of stay at home if you have COVID. It'll just it'll be guidance rather than a legal obligation. But I think that bringing it forward by a month, you know, he announced it's going to one of the first things he's going to do when Parliament returns after recess. And, and essentially, I think, I think he was hoping this would lodge in the mind of any Tory MP who is spending their recess wondering whether to, to write a letter to Graham Brady or not calling for a, a, a leadership contest. And do you I, think it will? I think it helps him with his narrative about, you know, the big calls, right? I also think that there's another factor here, which is if all the COVID rules have gone, you can. I, I don't think this argument will work, but you can hope that it might draw some of the sting out of uh, Downing Street's whole row about the, 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 the lax way in which the rules were followed or not followed there, because the argument will be, you know, this is historic, you know. I think that one of the things that gave this story so much salience when it first started was it, it came at a time when people were wondering, is Christmas going to be cancelled again? And so there, there was a particular potency to it. I don't think that that will be enough. Yeah. But I think that is something that they are hoping. You, know, you had Mark Spencer, the new leader of a house today, saying you know, people in the real world, that, that place where, where people always agree with politicians, you know, don't care about this story. But I think this is, there'll be a hope that that's there. I think also it's designed, I think, to kind of try and get the kind of next parliamentary term 
off to a good start for us. You're going to start with something that they will like, is what he will hope is going to happen. Katie, Prime Minister's questions was not altogether straightforward for Boris Johnson, was it? Not so much for the exchanges uh, between the Prime Minister and Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer, but for a question that was asked later in the session by uh, Labour MP Fabian Hamilton, who brought up a photo which had just been published. Just tell us more about that. Yes, this is a photo which shows an open bottle of what we believe is Prosecco, though it was raised as champagne. We've had Um, a diagnosis from Mr Steerbike. Yeah, you have a deep dive, Um, so do check that out. And ultimately, it's, you know, on the day of this uh, pub quiz, or not pub quiz, this office staff quiz they did, which has been written about previously because there was a bit of a row over the fact that you know, should A, should they be doing a quiz when the rest of the country was supposed to be socialising indoors? Two, were there staff in? Because some were doing it remotely, but in. Um, so was it a party for the people who came in? Did people come in and stay late especially? Was it socialising? And there's a picture of Boris and two others, one with tinsel around their neck and a boss of Prosecco. So you've seen quite quickly saying, well, this does look like a party, this should be investigated. I think what's interesting here, ultimately... <laughs> When it was raised, Boris Johnson said that the allegation was completely in error, but he hadn't actually seen the photo. And you had this scene, uh, which I think you saw from sitting in the press gallery, where lots of MPs are suddenly looking at each other's phone to try and work out, you know, what they're actually talking about. But I think what it did have was this ripple effect, which was Boris Johnson clearly with that announcement on COVID restrictions thought he'd go in and and actually, you know, have a, a strong performance that rallied his troops. And while I don't think this photo is the most damaging, I think... For example, Dominic Cummings, Boris Johnson's nemesis, tweeted ASAP saying, this is nothing on the other photos. So, I mean, I think the photo is fairly debatable. It's not going, you know, people dancing and downing wine. There's just one bottle in it. It, what it has done, whatever you take of the photo, is it just brought the party story back. So all of a sudden, you can see Boris Johnson growing, you know, um, more bad badly tempered because he started being asked about parties again then you have Mark Harper asking about the party report one of his own MPs and I think it was just probably a frustration both from the Prime Minister and those around him that what they hoped to be turning the page just went back to not by far not by any means the worst PMQs he's had on this issue but PMQs where it is linked to it and that's not what they want. I mean it's striking we've had three really big announcements from the government uh, in the last week, you know, leveling up white paper this time last week, nine billion quid on energy bills uh, to help people with their energy bills, and uh, the announcement at the end of all COVID restrictions. Every time, some element of leadership crisis or party gate ha- has stepped on the announcement to some extent. And I think that I think one thing that you definitely get talking to Tory MPs today is a kind of sense of kind of what they really want is this story to go away, to end, to be done. Uh, and, and I think the kind of the more of a sense it is the never-ending story, the kind of the more downbeat they get, the more grumpy they get. And I think this is one of the questions, which is, you know, when does it end as a story? I think this is one of the things. And I think that when people say, oh, Boris Johnson's got lucky because the Grey Report has been delayed. I mean, there also is a problem which is for him, which is he can't actually reset his premiership and hope to kind of try and move on from this until this story has finished. And it is clearly not finished yet. And James, you've got the cover story in uh, the latest Spectator, which is out tomorrow on uh, Boris in the bunker. The Prime Minister has been making more changes since our last podcast to the people in that bunker. Katie, just bring us up to speed with with who's there now. Yes, so Boris Johnson has appointed four, well, he's not one of them stayed, but he has added two PPS roles from what he previously has. So he now has four PPSs in total. Now, 
Three of those are new appointments because Andrew Griffith, who was his PPS, has moved to be the number 10 head of policy. Um, so Sarah Dines keeps her role as a PPS. I think what's interesting about the other appointments is they tend to, you look at, I think, who he's trying to appeal to. They are those more on the right of the party, Brexiteers, James Dudridge is one of them. And, uh, you know, got Red Wall MP in there. And it, it, there's clearly a sense that they, as part of the message that they're trying to land with this reset, which is number 10 is going to listen more to the parliamentary party, I think this is a step in there. And also, I think it shows you where they're focusing their attention on, which is keeping the right on side. I think that something I write about in the issue um, coming out is the One Nation group. Um, there's been lots of, you know, allegations in recent days or, you know, weeks that the One Nation group is where a lot of the letters have come from. I think you can see in some of the people who are declaring. It's not everyone. I mean, there are plenty, there are enough Brexiteers who have called for Boris Johnson to go for when ministers say, you know, it's a Remainer plot. I don't think that washes. But definitely there's the sense that the One Nation group is one where, uh, you know, they've lost support. Perhaps they never had that much support in the first place. And I think that while that group would obviously deny they're on, like, you know, concentrated manoeuvres, I think you can see uh, an intention from those around Boris Johnson. They think his long-term safety is shored up in keeping the right of the party on side. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.